What's up, everybody? I'm Toby Morrell from the Bad Christian Podcast, and I wanted to let you all know about the brand new Jabberjaw Media Block on Adobe Radio. Tune in every Thursday night from 5 to 8 p.m. to hear brand new episodes from the Modern Vinyl Podcast, as well as new episodes from one of my very favorite shows, Break It Down with Matt Carter. All you have to do is head to adobe.com, that's I-D-O-B-I.com, and tune in every Thursday night from 5 to 8 p.m. to hear some of your favorite Jabberjaw media podcasts on Adobe Radio. The loneliness This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. And now, The Art Collective with Stephen Christian. Welcome to another podcast of The Art Collective here with Stephen Christian. And, um, you know, I... Man, what a great interview last week. If you missed a, the podcast with Aaron Mankey of Lore, it was phenomenal. And to be honest, like it was it was really convicting. You know, a lot of the stuff he said in there, basically he was just saying, you know, give all you got to the podcast. And to be honest, I'm going to be really transparent here and say, you know, I've really been lacking in this area. You know, like I really haven't put my heart and soul into this podcast and I, and I want to start applying myself more. So I am. So this is the new reinvented version of the Art Collective where we're going to go all out. And uh, that means, you know, I was talking to my producer, Daniel, and we kind of said, you know, what's lacking? And I said, hey, man, the monologue, my monologue writing is not great. You know, my opening to the podcast isn't that great. I want to work harder on that. I want to work smarter on that. And then also interviews. So honestly, I think we have some great interviews today. Two incredible people, Max Bemis from Say Anything in Two Tongues, as well as a Marvel comic book writer. Incredible. And then also we have Bobby Campo from the MTV hit series Scream. And also, side note, my brother-in-law. So we have a great show for you. But, you know, I just want to start today and, and, and talk a little bit about art. So today when we hear the word art, we think Mona Lisa or Monet or, you know, some type of like impressionist or Vincent Van Gogh. Or we think of like some postmodern performance player that we don't understand you know it's it's this these arty types and it's honestly my my daughter went to one of these at the university of new mexico and people were just kind of like free form dancing and she just sat there befuddled she's only four and she's like looking at all these people dance crazy on stage and and she goes she looks at her mom goes this is weird. <laughs> I thought that was so funny for a four-year-old, you know, but we call it art. We think it's, you know, a bucket of paint splashed on a wall. But the point is, we think of it as, you know, as crazy, as weird, this high class, um, you know, a word that finds its true form of, of those who eat caviar and know a little French. That's art to us. But but that's not what it really is. The Greek word translate art as in techne, as it's pronounced T-E-K-N-A-Y, like techne. Techne, which gives us the word technology. Really, it just means craft. But the philosopher Plato criticized poetry and painting because he said he, he saw them as just an imitation, a copycat art. And Plato put most posed art in the same category as silly card tricks and, and mimicking like animal voices. But Aristotle, Plato's student, he believed that imitation was glorious. He believed that all art, as much as it imitated the world around him, created its own reality. 
See, for Aristotle, art was a portal into another dimension or another world. Each piece of art was an invitation to, to live our same lives in ways completely unavailable to us before the piece of art ever existed. For Aristotle, the fact that art was an imitation of reality didn't mean it was unoriginal, but that it was relevant. More than that, we think of art not as the fine arts, but, but the sophisticated elite, but as the techne, or art as a craft. Then every piece of life becomes art. For Aristotle, the, the, the poet wasn't more of an artist than, than a cobbler. Both, both helped others to walk their paths in, in different shoes. If, you're, if, if you dream, if you wish that you could do art as a full-time, if you wish to become like a full-time writer or musician or a full-time speaker, writer, painter, athlete, that's great. But you should pursue the dream and, and don't make Plato's mistake. Don't think that art only exists out of the realm of extravagant. Don't believe that half-truth that art is only available to the savant, to the master, to the expert, to the refined, the beautiful, or those people that know a few French words. Don't believe that the common or mundane, the normal... Are, are opposite of full-time art. If you do the, the, the artist in you, it's, it struggles in that obscurity forever. Here's the key to becoming a full-time artist. Whatever fills up your time, there you will find art. Whatever frustrates you or moves you or compels you or makes you dig deeper in this life, become that craftsman. Become an artist of the everyday. If you find your techne, your craft, your muse in the everyday, your artistic excellence will grow out of that. In Homer's The Odyssey, one of the first books that even mentions the concept of muse, it says, Sing to me of the man, muse, the man of twists and turns, driven time, and again off course. Do you feel off course? For thousands of years, the most compelling songs, the most stirring words, the most breathtaking paintings were all expressions of one artist's experience of being, quote-unquote, off course in their life. Only in the West where we worship spectacle and measure artistic success by Twitter followers, do we believe that real art only happens when it's celebrated by thousands and millions? I say find your muse in the twists and turns of everyday life. By finding art the common experiences of your life, you'll begin to speak miraculously beautiful things on behalf of everyone else who has felt that same common experience. The artist's task is not to be exceptional, but to exceptionally beautify the unexceptional. I know that sounds confusing, but it's it's true. It's, it's finding you in the everyday. First, find the craft worthy of all your time and the, th the things that take up all your time. Maybe it's a song sprouted from your frustrations with your daily job, or 3D sculpture that expresses the term repulsive, or a short story grown out of the complex family pain that is similar to the ancient Greek tragedy. Whatever it is, find your craft of beauty in the mundane, and eventually others will be attracted to the same beauty that you create. Let's think about the participation in art of creation, like Wendell Berry does in his poetry, The Art of the Commonplace. Nature has a patient ear. To her, the slowest funeral march sounds like jigs. She is satisfied to have the notes drawn out to the lengths of days or weeks or months. Small variations are acceptable to her, modulations as leisurely as the opening of a flower. But the creation is musical, and this is a part of its music, as bird songs are, or the words of poets. The music of the streams is the music of the shaping of earth, by which the rocks are pushed and shifted downward toward the level of the sea. 
I say just be patient with the art of your full-time life, and your life will make your craft into something beautiful as effortlessly as it makes all creation beautiful. So don't take your life for granted. Don't take the simple art or what you would consider simple or mundane or lackadaisical or part-time art, and don't take it for granted. Apply yourself, and you'll be mesmerized by what you come up with, and I think other people will be too. So this week on The Art Collective, like I mentioned earlier, two incredible, two incredible people. Bobby Campo, Max Bemis, and here we're just gonna jump right into it. So this is a phone conversation that I had with Max just a few days ago. I hope you enjoy it, because honestly, it's it's perhaps my favorite interview that I've done on The Art Collective, if not like top five for sure. So check it out. Hey, All right. We're recording. Who knew? Check it out. Have you ever recorded anything before, Max? Uh, you mean like on the phone? Just anything in life, you know? Oh, anything in life. No, uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, I think I think if I put my mind to it, I've recorded quite a bit oh, of my awesome. my goings on. Yes. That's great. That's great. Does it yeah. sometimes freak you out that someday you're like kids are going to listen to this music and be, you know, and, and, and it'd be like, what's that? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I would think about that. Like, yeah. What? You're um, you know, it, it actually makes me feel relieved because I feel like I won't have to talk them through <laughs> some of those things. They'll just be able to find it on the internet. So it's like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, awkward dinner table conversation. That's awesome. Exactly. It saves me some time, for sure. Um, so <laughs> for, you, for those who don't know, joining me now is D. Max Bemis. I've been looking forward to this for quite some time. Um, and, uh, yeah. well, singer of Two Tongues and Say Anything. And, yeah. Uh, so, uh, and I'm and, uh, amongst many, many other things in life, you know, that's... Yeah, that's, there's, yeah. There's a lot. You've got that. Um, There's a lot going on. For you've sure. got that uh, cotton ball collection you've been working on for some time. Oh yeah. Congrats. 100%. That's awesome. Oh thank you. But, thank you very much. Uh, so you were just in Nashville. Are we allowed to talk about that or no? Yeah, of course. Yeah, we could talk about anything. I was in uh, I was in Nashville uh, making a video for for our new record, and uh, now I'm back and we're rehearsing for tour. So no, it was nice. really fun. Yeah. And, and speaking of that, you, you, you did something a little different with I Don't Think It Is. You, you, you released the album, as, as you said, you decided to forego the dying art of a lead-up, which, which I agree <laughs> with. But you know, kind of surprised the, surprised the listeners without any forewarning. Um, like, what, what brought you to that? Like, how did you guys come up with that? Um, well, I mean, I think part of it was just, in general, like I said, kind of just being disenfranchised with, the general um, minutia that comes with putting out a record, especially for a band like us. I mean, if if you're, uh, you know, Drake or something, then I guess it makes a lot of sense to kind of tease and tease and, and lead up to a record. Um, but for a band like us, where, where really kids chiefly care the most about just the music and wanting to get a hold of it, um, I kind of projected, I guess, uh, you know, if, if I was one of them, what, what would, you know, excite me the most? And that would be just to have the record immediately. You know, I knew they knew we were kind of working on a record, but not really. They didn't really know, like, where we were at in terms of the process. Um, 
And then I was kind of like, you know, rather than say, oh, in six months you'll get to hear the record, um, here it is, and and enjoy. Because for me, the, the bands that I really like, I'd rather them just put it out and I get to actually hear it rather than having to kind of keep track of when, you know, which records are coming out. And, and it's, it's a little bit hard to deal with in this day and age because there's so much music, you know, it's like, it's a little yeah. hard to keep track of who's even putting out a, a new record. <laughs> no, I like it. I like the concept. You know, I mean, I, I think that, that think we, like, musicians have to change. We have to figure something out because, you know, you're right. Yeah. It's kind of a, besides just kind of like we're not Drake, uh, you know, this is the yeah. music industry. Like, you know, it's, it's, Completely. It's, uh, it's, you know, so we have to kind of be inventive. Um, is there anything oh, else? Oh, 100%. Like that? Have you guys done yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the song shop thing is something I've done for a really oh, long yeah. time that, that um, you know, circumvents that to some degree, you know, because um, yeah. it's just me connecting directly to, you know, the listener or the, the purchaser, the, the buyer. Um, yeah. Whereas where most people, you know, you buy a CD or you buy a vinyl and you're getting what a bunch of people get. In that case, it's kind of like you're the only one who has that particular song and it's tailored towards you. You know, yeah, so, so that, I, that helped. And I've been on that site before. I mean, this is years ago. And then I saw, like, you know, it was basically <laughs> full. And, we know, were like, on tour together when I came up with it, I think. Dude, Ooh, I yeah, I should have freaking so. just stole it from you because that was such a genius idea, man. <laughs> I was like, because all the rest of us are freaking going home getting day jobs, and then there's Max just crushing it. That was well, so I might crazy. still have to get a day job, to be honest. Like, you never know what will happen. I mean, it's doing it's doing good now, but, like, you know, there's only so many kids in the world who want one. So ho- yeah. hopefully, you know, it, it, it keeps doing what it's been doing. But, uh you know, I, I I just look at it as like like you said, you kind of have to get creative because the uh, the business of selling CDs is pretty much over. And you know, yeah. I, I personally like I have a really close relationship with our label, so um, I want them to make money, and I think they make money off of uh, streaming and stuff like that. So I'm happy that they they get to do well, but it's never. I mean. We, uh, I mean, as you know, it's kind of like it's really never about royalties unless you're like a gigantic band, you know. So, Absolutely. so, so it's always been about playing shows or you know, just just maintaining this relationship with your fans and having them support you. So, anything that we can do that's kind of tapping into that and and acknowledging that that's really the most important thing for a band like us is uh, is the way to go. You mentioned earlier that you're going to be touring on this record. Um, did you had you had you played any of the I don't think it is you know stuff off that record prior to uh, this upcoming tour? No, no. In That's fact, awesome. we just played this video, and it was the first time we'd ever played uh, the song live <laughs> when we were, you know, faking uh, faking playing it. it. Was the first time that <laughs> I had ever That's awesome. sang it. That's yeah. great. Yeah, and you're too, but it was really fun. You're touring some good dudes, man. Uh, yeah. You and Teen Suicide, Museum Mouth, Modern yes, Baseball. Yes, all amazing it, people. It sounds like a festival. It does. And the ironic <laughs> thing is that there's actually a couple of shows um, towards the end 
where friends of ours were doing a tour and then something got messed up with their show, I think. So it ended up, we ended up kind of forming a weird festival lineup with uh, Modern Baseball and Joyce Manor for uh, a couple of these shows. And I think it's in Houston, Austin. So it actually is like a weird festival um, for those shows. But beyond um, that, I mean, yeah, Me Without You, just my favorite, you know, one of my favorite people yeah. uh, to tour with in the world. They're They're wonderful. So... I'm really looking forward to it. It actually makes a big difference, I think. You know, I'm sure you can relate where it's like you know that the band are good people and you don't yeah, have to worry about this any sketchiness or just kind of like general egos or, you know, yep. you know that you're just going to have fun together. So for me, it's a big relief. It's like knowing that I get to kind of hang out with people that I really respect and just are so fun to, to be around. That's awesome. And those guys are great. They, yeah. they. Oh yeah. Me without you, they don't. They don't really like us, but we definitely like them. Like. Uh, oh, that the, can't be true. <laughs> no, it, it is. It is. I, dude. How can that be true? Show. Yeah, I know. I know. Right? Because they're the. Do you mean as guys. people, as a band? What do you mean? Listen, check this out. Right? We made a terrible decision by getting this particular tour manager. I love the dude to death, but he just—he's that guy that like takes it to the next level. And okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a dick, so, but he's doing it for the right, the right yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah, for the right. Well, okay. yeah, yeah. But he just like you know, <laughs> he, you know, say one of those dudes that takes the joke like way too far to where it gets awkward. Yeah, like everybody's course. laughing, yeah, laughing. There's a lot of goes, those. Yeah. And then we call it the Hussein Bolt. Like you just cross the line, or like, and then you just keep going. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> me, we're on tour with me without you, right? And 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 then you know, we over here or somebody over here is like, dude, I think me without you is gonna play a practical joke on him. On, on us. So then, my, <laughs> Mr. Hussein Bolt himself takes it to the next level and puts crickets in their bus, dead fish. <laughs> yeah, right? I was mean, this when they were rocking, like, the, the, the veggie bus? Like, yeah, the, the veggie bus, bus, dude. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of severed some ties. And we, I tried to apologize. I'm like, surprised they didn't forgive and forget. You know, I'm, like, sure, I'm, I'm sure they have. <laughs> I'm sure they have. I don't know about the forget part, but I'm definitely positive. You probably feel worse than they do about it. Dude, I felt like it. Ricky was like, just. I mean, that's an intense prank. I mean, that that is. Dude, we had nothing to do with it, and I'm sure they they believe us, but I was like. I'll put a good word in, though. Please do, because I love those guys, like. Unbelievable, man! Just, but, but, oh, I felt so bad. I was like, apologize. Well, it was cool. You guys kind of came from the same world at the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mm -hmm. had the same obviously label and A and R and everything. Oh man, I felt like crap. I felt so bad. Anyway, <laughs> oh, what are you gonna do? Um, oh, don't. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, dude, I I love when band members like go beyond just, like, the, the stereotypical, like, whatever their craft is, and they reach out to a whole new world, and, yeah. you know, I, 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 I was so, I couldn't believe you got a Marvel comic book. I was so stoked. Oh, thanks, man. I, like, went out and bought Thank a Thank you. Box. I know, you texted me the pic. Dude, of I course, like, man. Dude, I, I love so, you. Thank you. 
I was just so proud of you, man. Like that's that's unbelievable. <laughs> I, you know, as a kid, and I got, and I'm not gonna lie, I still feel the yeah, yeah. go to comic book stores. But like as a kid, that would have been like the the dream upon dream. Oh like, yeah. Is this something that you've done for a while? I mean, I've heard you have a massive collection. So, but have you? I do have a massive collection. Uh, writing is pretty recent. Um, I started writing about three years ago um, and started kind of doing my own thing with this company called Boom Studios, which is like a sizable indie publisher. And um, the first thing I wrote was very much so just kind of a veiled autobiography. And then I wrote, you know, a couple more series. And then I got hired by um, this company called Avatar Press, who's like an amazing company, to write this really, really messed up comic called Cross. Um, and it, and then, uh, and then Marvel, I actually, um, I did like a, a short story for them. Like, uh, I think about two or three, like very much so at the beginning of my career with Spider-Man and Magneto. Um, and but through that, I became, you know, closer with them. And then when I started to kind of establish myself more, they brought me in to do the, uh, you know, an actual series and, uh, and, uh, yeah, no, we still have a close relationship, and it looks like I'll probably be doing more for them. I mean, my goal at the end of the day is uh, to be as much a writer or a creator of fiction as I am uh, a musician. And, you know, that's not something yeah, I want to yeah. in, in any way give up on, on music. I love music, but I've, I feel really proud of what we've accomplished in saying anything, and if I can accomplish kind of a comparable thing with with writing uh that would be my dream at this point but who knows you know i mean i'm i'm spoiled already to have that kind of a thing with music so if if it happens to go that way with uh with writing i would be really stoked because uh i enjoy it a lot for sure dude you know <laughs> what though man you've I, everybody dreams that you've already got five, you know, five issues just of one, just the X Men worst X Men ever. You know what I'm saying? Like, you kind of already won. You kind of already succeeded. You know? Yeah, no, I agree. Like, totally. Like, I, I see it that way too. I mean, I'm the kind of guy when, um, even in music, when we accomplished, I feel like towards the beginning when we, um, every little thing that's happened in say anything, I kind of go like bucket list cross it off i could yeah. die and be happy yep. you know i mean it's everything i mean even i mean you know not to not to smooch your butt but like i mean <laughs> like you know becoming friends with you and and um you know knowing that you love saying anything i mean it was it, you were amongst the many sort of bands that where i was a fan oh man and then like no yeah no it's totally true and 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 i i really you know, I never wanted us to be, uh, you know, you two or, or necessarily. I would have accepted it for sure. But, but like, I grew up listening to punk rock, and I grew up listening to sort of indie rock and quote-unquote emo. And so those are the bands that made a big difference to me. So when I started to become friends with all those bands, and, and you know, I think you would probably remember is, is the date on Warp Tour where I lost my voice. And yeah, <laughs> everyone, <laughs> and all these bands came out and just sang Say Anything songs. And these were all like some of my favorite bands. And it was just a huge deal. I was like, well, I can kind of call it now. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was so, fun. so, 
it was amazing, you know. So, so I feel like that's that's really all I ever wanted because I used to go to shows as a kid, and you know, um, that's all that that was my goal. You know, it wasn't really yeah. much more than that. You know, that's awesome, man. That's incredible. It's true. It's true. Um, so, you know, obviously you being a, a, an avid collector, like what, yeah. and I know you've thought this through, if you could be yeah. any superhero, who would it be? Or you can make up, you know what I'm saying, it doesn't have to be like Magneto or Spider-Man like you're saying. Like, no, 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 it's true. I would be Iron Man. Um, really? Uh, and it's not like Iron Man's my favorite superhero. I like him a lot. Um, but he has access to all this technology, and he's like a super genius. And I often find myself, like, frustrated by technology um, and wanting to do more with it. <laughs> yeah. But he he's, like, you know, he's got VR already. He's just a genius. He can invent anything. So I think if I – and he doesn't have any, like, actual superpowers that would um, make your life kind of scary. Because if you were Superman, your life would be all scary because of the responsibility – but Tony Stark is just kind of really smart. So I think if I could be that smart as to where I could invent anything I really need at any given time, um, that would be really cool. <laughs> that is cool. That is cool. Okay, you know, like, you just like, want, like, a really, you know, you want your Blu-ray player to just really be awesome. And, you, just, <laughs> you know, you... <laughs> That's I just amazing. Think, you know, 3D, like virtual reality, watching Star Wars, like that's kind of what I want. That's, I there you go. Yeah. <laughs> that is incredible. Because I mean, when you said it, I was like, well, he's not really a mutant, much of a mutant, I guess, you know, but... No, he doesn't have any... He actually has no superpowers except for being smart. Um, but I do think, like, a lot of them would, you know, be a mixed bag of tricks because it's like if you uh, if you know you can do something... That's already pressure to to use the responsibility, you know, wisely. So, yeah. you know, being psychic or, or flying and being able to fly, I'd be like, okay, I want to bring food to all the impoverished nations of the earth or something. And I, yeah. I'd be like, oh, that's a big deal. I'm going to have to spend most of my time doing that. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, <amazing>. <laughs> that's great, man. Um, Yes, you mentioned, uh, to segue back into music, you mentioned that, you know, you were working on two-tongue stuff. Uh, Is there anything on the horizon that we can talk about? Of course, yeah. Um, We're we're pretty much done with that record. Um, It's crazy because it's really been a while. I think we uh, recorded the first one sometime after we did our record in the tenth of the genre, and it was when I met my wife. Um, I met her during... The recording of two, of two tongues, so it's really that you know we haven't done anything since then, and I hadn't even met her. We were just like you know ch- eye chatting or emailing or whatever. So I didn't right. know her. <laughs> but it's been that long, and uh, Chris came out here a few weeks ago, and we 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 had a really awesome time and did most of the record. And I think after this Me Without You tour, we're gonna finish it up and. Uh, do vocals and everything. But, yeah, no, it's cool. It's going to come out um, on my label, which is a part of Equal Vision, and, you know, saves the days on that label, too. So it's it's a really fun uh, environment uh, for us to all kind of play with each other and do fun stuff. That's incredible, man. How, how, do, you, how yeah. do you juggle two bands 
<laughs> record label, family, comic book. Uh-huh. Holy crap, man. You know, like, I say that, you know, it's not that hard. You know, it really, I think most people would be able to do it because it's, it's really fun stuff. You know, it's like, it'd be one thing if it was yeah. like, I had four jobs, you know, I'm working at fucking Arby's, McDonald's, <laughs> and Burger King. But like, at the same time, I really think that, you know, I'm, I'm blessed enough to, to be able to work on music and all these ways. And, you know, and when it comes to the label, I really just do the kind of, I don't want to over tout myself. I barely do anything there. I'm just kind of like, I sign the the bands that I like, and then I get to work with them on production and artwork and kind of the fun stuff. And then Equal Vision does the hard parts, which is like, you know, all the financial stuff and the promotion, all that stuff. So, so you know, I've built a um, a <laughs> a environment where where I I get to kind of indulge all the different sides of me that are that, that are all very fun and um, i feel very lucky because because you know none of it is none of it's too tedious or hard i mean i think the hardest thing i do probably at this point is touring um because it's still the best thing in the world and when you're on stage it's the best thing in the world but at the same time like you know how it's like it's it, it's draining and it's you're away sometimes you're away from your family and yeah you know it's kind of a grind you know as much as it's like the best thing in the world so so i think that might be the hardest thing i do everything else is just like i mean the fact that i get to write x-men comics like who would complain about that you know no. like yep <laughs> that's amazing you know, so so that's kind of how i look at it it's like i'm just so blessed and and uh uh, lucky to be able to to do this stuff that and it's all creative work so it really you know it comes in bursts you know i'll write a whole say anything record and then i have nothing to do and i just sit on my butt and play video games for like a couple of months so it's not it's not like i'm constantly there's definitely some breaks for sure yeah, that's good that's good i yeah i think i think my favorite part about um kind of your your, your songwriting is how much like you give of yourself um, you know, oh, obviously you. You, you you give yourself to, you know, obviously have so many different talents and abilities, but I think as far as like singing and vocals oh, thank and, you. And, and just you as an artist, uh, you know, and I guess my question is like after mm-hmm. being, you know, putting out this many records, and I think you've been in music for almost, I don't know, 13, four, probably about 15 years now. 14. Oh, yeah. So, I so, think 16 years now or wow, 17. Man. 17. That's yeah. incredible. But, yeah. I, but I guess I guess as a as a fellow lyricist, looking at your music, I'm always in shock at every record and the fact that you still find stuff to show the world. You see what I'm saying? Like, you still find a way to, like, reveal something else. So so my question is, like, is it getting harder with every record, or how do you do it? Yeah, that's a good good point, because, like, you know... it used to be like there were so many layers to peel back that I feel like I had four records of material before I had even, you know, made our first record. And then stuff kept happening to me um, in my life that directly, you know, informed that or inspired it to be even easier to write about. But now, you know, my life is genuinely really awesome and happy. (laughs) (laughs) So... So, but, but in a way it's more inspiring. Like on our last record, I, um, 
you know, I think you would understand or anyone who, who has a family is like, would understand that like, you, it's not a, it's, it's a happy ending, but it's also not, you know, it's like, there's still endless, um, delving into your own soul and delving into, to, to life, the life, everything around you, um, to be done for the rest of your life. It's not like you're suddenly on autopilot for the rest of your life. So for me, um, it's all about finding what is actually really, uh, a vital, thing that's still going on in my life and on the last record on i don't think it is um it was all about making myself feel um really inspired and making myself feel uh rejuvenated even when i'm like down on myself so the next record i mean i'm still kind of like floating around as to where i'm going to focus in on it but i just know it's going to happen um because you know we're doing the two tongues record and in the two tongues record i'm getting to write about all my unresolved feelings about um rejection all this stuff from my past before i met my wife um and then i feel like it, it, it just keeps kind of resolving itself where where when it's time i'm not the kind of guy who writes a song every day and i have like a hundred songs sitting around that are all awesome and then i have to kind of whittle it down I'm the kind of guy who's like, you know, if I have a record coming up, I'm going to write 10 songs in the order that I know they're going to be on the record. And, and that's kind of how I do it. So, you know, right now it's focused on two tongues. And then when that kind of shifts, um, I think there's a lot, I mean, knowing myself and that I'm not, you know, peaceful, as peaceful of a person as I would like to be, there's gotta be stuff to, uh, Right. Already there's some things popping into my head and I'm not really letting myself uh, go there yet. Wow. But I know it's just, you know, it's got to be natural. It's just got to be like whatever is honestly something that I need to deal with, you know, because there's always yeah. something to be dealt with, you know. Man, that is incredible. And I, it's not a, probably a better question or answer to leave off on. So, Max, do you think oh, you thank so you. I, I really, really oh, thank you. time, man. So this next interview is with my brother-in-law, Bobby Campo. You may know him from such movies as he was the lead in The Final Destination. Incredible movie. I liked it. So great. Um, Also, obviously, like I mentioned before, Scream on MTV. It's out right now, so go check that out. But So here it is, my brother-in-law, Bobby Campo. All right. We're recording. We're recording. Here we go. Is that a sock on your microphone? Maybe it is. Maybe it is. I'll, I'll, us professionals. Hey, it looks like. Does it look like an ice cream cone? Look at it. I can't afford. Hey, I can't afford a pop guard. You know what oh, I'm saying? Wait. You know what? Before this is pro time. Pro time right here. Pop guard. I feel like. I feel like. I feel like this episode is brought to you by Fievel Goes West. <laughs> yes. This? Absolutely, man. Look at it. It's awesome. It works. I love it works. It. I love What's it. the point? And uh, yeah, speaking of brothers, um, we have been brother-in-law now for eight years. Pretty exciting. <laughs> oh, you know, that's uh, very sweet of you. <laughs> very sweet of you. And I paid. Oh, well, I did pay anyway, you goats, so don't act like you've got nothing out of it. I know. The, the dowry is amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. So we're doing something different here in this uh you know, let's just both introduce our podcast because we're kind of simulcasting. I don't even is know if that's technically we're, what we're, we're doing. Simul podcasting. 
Simulpodding. We're simulpods. Maybe simulpods. we. I'm pretty sure simulpods. Um, we just, you know, we just coined that word, so that is they trademarked. They were a big part of the Crustaceous period uh, about 45 million years ago. I'd make that up. I don't know if that's true. We don't even know. But hey, this is the Art Collective <laughs> with Stephen Christian. I'm here with the Bobby Campo. Yeah, and this is. Yes. I'm here with Steven Christian on Campo Cabo Radio. Is it? This is yes, Campo Cabo <laughs> Radio. Can I please do that? Can I come up with a little bit would, for you? Well, so you, it sounds like you already did. Introduce the like segment. Campo Cabo Radio, ninety-four point five. The heat wave. Know. Is that the name of your radio station? I love it. Well, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's jump right in because I mean, after all, we are on a podcast. Yeah. So we should probably give the people I mean, what they what want. We're, doing. we're just giving them what they want, making hits twenty four seven. Did you know that you're one point seven eight meters tall? One point seven eight meters. I did. Yep, I didn't know are. that. I'm a little. It makes me a little bummed. It makes me a little bummed. I'm off Why the golden that? ratio by like I don't know how many meters. By like, isn't well, the golden ratio 1. like six? One point eight. Or zero eight six yeah one eight one six yeah. one eight yeah yeah I'm sorry my friend you that just ruined well, my I whole wish you were day. shorter <laughs> I'm sorry what you else know, did you but, find uh, out about me on uh, on the web well it says, it lies here and it says that it, your debut movie was Vampire Bats and that's a what lie. was my debut movie I don't know what that what is that number one you did in, in Saint Petersburg eighty four seventy three ninety nine Oh, yeah. I love it. 99 problems, but a well, movie ain't one. A, well, that, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I, well, I don't know which one came out first. I think, I think, the, I think the second one, I think, I think 99 may have come out, come out first. So that would put, uh, so technically they'd be right. The internet never lies. That's what, if all the things true. that I've learned in my life, the internet never lies. Well, let me give you, uh, let me give an introduction of you because, uh, you know, People may have seen you, but not known who you are. And uh, so you've done everything from, like we just said, Vampire Bats in 99, to The Final Destination, which you were the lead in in 2009. And then also, you freaking are crushing it right now in Scream. You know, it's 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 uh, on MTV right now. And uh, it's awkward because you look younger than the majority of your students. <laughs> but whatever, you know. Hot teacher number one. It's just clean living um, in a good heart, you know, keeps you young. <laughs> it does, I can tell. You're looking good. You're looking good. Um, so, yeah. So, now, do you have any projects that you're working on currently? Weren't you just in Puerto Rico just a couple I days ago? I was in Puerto Rico just well, a couple, not too long ago. Um, I was doing a movie there, which uh, I'm actually really excited for you to watch. Like, for you personally to watch. I think it's good. I would love to have, like, as many people as I know in the same room to watch this movie. Um, it's called Atomic Shark. And uh, it is about, in the same vein of, you know, like the, the Sharknados, um, it's about a shark who finds his way into a, 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 an old Soviet submarine that went down in the 80s. And he is, I guess he's eaten the, the I don't know, he ate the core or something. I have no idea. We, did, we didn't get that far. Um, but the, <laughs> the, shark, the shark has become radioactive and he's, he's terrorizing the uh, coastline of San Diego. And I play a lifeguard in it that, you know, sort of gets, uh, I get hooked into this whole, this whole thing by a young woman. Please, please, dear God, tell me you have a slow motion running oh, scene. It's in it. It's in it. Anything, it's, you yes! know, it, I saw, that's my point. I was, I what? was in, I was in New Orleans. Day made. 
day made. I was in New Orleans like last week, and I went over to the, the director's house, and he showed me like I think, ten minutes of it, and I laughed like the whole time. Like it's it's it is it's done so like the music in it's hilarious, the like the stuff that happens in it, the characters in it, the people that were in it. I mean, it's a really funny movie, uh, and this comes out during Shark. I week. can't wait. <laughs> As it yeah, should. On, what on uh, we're at? What's it going to be? Sci-fi. Uh, that is unreal. Yeah. I'm so yeah, it's stoked. Yeah, going to be really funny. Oh man, maybe I'll hold. I'll, maybe I'll hold this podcast for Shark Week because uh, that would I be amazing, would, man. That's awesome. A couple months away, so. Oh, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> You're gonna get. It's gonna be um, out on my end before it comes out on your end because we're doing the first ever dual recorded two radio station release podcast <laughs> that's right that's right right here right it's now history my friend I history love it. bro it is alexander the great jesus christ bobby campo and stephen christian I mean, all in the same vein I mean, all in the all same, the same uh, just all in the same Jesus. sentence right there <laughs> uh well out of the two of uh, us which one's jesus christ and which one's alexander the great i'm not you know i'm not gonna play favorites but um, you weren't even in the sentence. Thanks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> way to yes, way to yes, um, them that one right whatever. into your sock f- microphone. <laughs> <laughs> can you take anything I said seriously when, when you're looking at my? I can't my even. I so can't no, even so I've got a serious question, Because there's a sock in front of your face. <laughs> I'm putting a little bit on my shoulder just so you know. <laughs> you're so homie the clown I right now. It. It's not even funny. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So, uh, so, so, you know, for those that are not in acting, tell me, tell me, like, now, are you a method actor? You know, I've heard a little bit about that. Like, what is your, how do you act? Like, what's your, <laughs> what, what's your ploy? How do I? I'm you want to know that? Yeah, I couldn't do it. I couldn't well, you do know, it. It's, it's what, it, it, if, how do you answer that question? Um, like, there's, well, there's a couple, I, I find that there's a couple ways to answer that question, because I feel like when, when, you know, like whenever an artist is asked about his craft, if he were to give like actual step by step, like people would be bored to tears by that. You know what I mean? And like, cause it's such a personal, like weird sort of, it's like a weird thing in a way. Um, and so if you're talking to somebody that like, like it really knows how to do, like, like that really is invested in it, but there's one way to talk about it. And there's another way to talk about it. If like you're very curious about it. Um, and for like the, the curious sort of, um, you know, people that are kind of getting interested in it. I, I feel like acting, it, it's essentially, it's it's how do you react in life to, to when things are given to you, you know? And as you start to unpack that, like say you have a problem, say you're giving given a problem of like, you know, you're at work and the boss is giving you a hard time or you're on a team and the coach is giving you a hard time. Like say that's, say that's the scene that we're going to deconstruct. Now, if you're in real life, how would you handle that? It, all this stuff starts coming from it, you know, like, like you, like you start looking at it, like how did mom and dad react, and because that's how I learned how to react. So like you start to deconstruct, and it, inevitably it turns into like this weird therapy session at the end of the day. Uh, I like I, I, that's what I think is most fascinating about it. Um, you know, like acting has turned into. Uh, like I get paid to go to therapy. <laughs> I get paid to deconstruct. Yeah, right? I get paid to deconstruct um, my automatic responses to situations, uh, which I think is really cool. And then you know, and from that, um, it, it, a whole style, a whole way of approaching life, uh, a whole philosophy can come from that. 
Um, but it, really, it's just playing pretend, you know, like, it's like you sort of find your way back into the play box, you know, into the sandbox, which, you know, like, you have two little girls, they're like, they're constantly playing and pretending and making up something, and then, like, invest, investing their full selves into that thing. Uh, they turn into chameleons, you know, and, and so in a way, it's, it's, um, it's finding your way back into the garden, I feel like is, is what sort of, I don't know, I, I went through all the schools, you know, I did all the stuff, I've been on stage, you know, been on screen, and at the end of the day, it's like, well, what really works for you and what makes you the best person to be around? <laughs> it's like, you know, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, so that's my, uh, that's my jam. Incredible. Yeah. So what, what, you know, do you have any sc- do you yourself write scripts? I mean, are you in the process of writing anything? Uh, right now, I am actually in the process of writing something with uh, Theo and Christy, uh, is one of my best friends, and my wife, who's also my other best friend. So, you know, it's pretty... I got best friend <laughs> projects going on. It's just kind of sweet. Uh, but we have an idea. We have an idea. I don't want to talk about it too much because I kind of want to... Um, I kind of want to let it be what it will be. But I have been wondering... And I'm sure I'm sure other people are as well. If you like, pay attention at all to social media. Like, how do you really turn that into like an entertainment form? You know, like like what what's the next step yeah. with that? Uh, and because I, I feel like it's there, you know, it's just waiting for itself to kind of like bubble up through the cracks. But that's kind of a question that I've been wondering about. Yeah. That's amazing. Can I, you know, I. Can I pitch you a movie for idea, uh, an sure, idea for a movie? <laughs> Send right. it home. I'm, s- I'm serious, man. I think this would be huge. Do you want to do it on All the right. podcast? So this is- you want to give away this golden idea? Okay, yeah, I'm here. Cool. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so there's this kid. He's on kind of like a desolate planet. But there's a, there's a, you know, a war happening okay. above him. And, uh, you know, it's just happening. It's a long time ago uh, in, a, in a galaxy far away. And so what happens is... You know, basically, you know, he's uh, he needs to come help fight. And he finds this robot that says, and there's this princess. And she's like, hey, help me. I haven't really come up with Wait, many so names princess, yet. So the help princess is in the robot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of like a hologram. Oh, cool, a hologram thing. Because it's the future. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, well, it's, it's a, a future, future past. past. Yeah. It's, and so she's like, you know, hey, I don't know. I'm, not, I'm just making up names. Hey, Tobias camaraderie i need your help please you're my only hope and so the guy's like oh man i want to help her god i just want and, to help uh, her am i just, I, wanna, uh, I, I want to help, help real bad camaraderie so bad <laughs> i see it already happening and like and like cut to okay, okay cut to like two suns cut in to, the background cut to, cut to. desert plain <sighs> sand yep, and, and i want the music to be like <laughs> man i'm a man man i'm a man Perfect. Yeah, I, I think I we're onto something. So, I so think far, we need so to good. Talk off air and right, let well, this thing keep running. Because all of a sudden, I just get like the word Ewok pops into my mind. I don't know. What? It's weird. It's a weird that word. You know, Ewok. Weird. Well, I keep getting Jar Jar Binks. So, <laughs> hey, I don't know what, what do you means. think about the uh, Jar Jar Binks drunken uh, Sith Master theory? Yeah, I saw that. I read that. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. You know, he's the worst ca- character maybe in my lifetime. I cannot think of a worse <laughs> character in a movie. Like, can you honestly be honest with yourself? Take the Sith Lord thing out of. I really, I, I don't know. I'll have to really yeah, think he's about super it. Super annoying. Talk about talk about. Oh my god! Talk about something that ruined 
three uh, or, or perhaps my childhood. <laughs> he really he really went back and erased yeah, my childhood. You know that, the, but those movies. I mean, like I've seen those movies quite a few times. The and they're just so mm. like, how do you recreate the original? They're so. That's oh my gosh! Because the well, the Force Awakening got close. Uh, er, that was way was, better. But it was still like like it was it was in it's modern. Like like the, you watch those old movies and like there was something that there was like a cheesiness to them that you cannot recreate. That was really fun to watch. Yeah. I don't know. It's it seems like a very difficult. Uh, I can see that. It is. It's a yeah, but you could have like, at least alleviated to Jar Jar Hang out with my friends and like make some power converters or like whatever he says. Like you can't. No oh, actor alive gosh. today like is going to be able to remove the pressure of Star Wars enough to be able to say a line the way that Luke no did way away. Like he was amazing. At right. Yeah. And, and Harrison Ford I agree. is the dopest. I mean, like like. My oh God. yeah. He crushed Easy. In those movies. Yep, he did. Pretty wit. Good. So, uh, yeah, well, man, okay. what you got well, for me? question up uh, on Campo Campo Radio for Stephen Christian. By the way, we got to do Campo a bit Campo of an intro Radio. for you. I mean, you were the former lead singer of Amberlynn. You are currently the lead singer of Anchor and Braille, another fantastic, two of my favorite bands uh, of all time. <laughs> um, and, and what else are you doing? Man. You have this podcast going. You have... I do. I got a wife, a wife and two, and two kids, kids you going. Have Nineteen jobs. <laughs> They're still alive. I'm proud of that. I've got nineteen jobs. Um, yeah, working, uh, working hard. Um, I'm, a, I'm a, a writer for Word Publishing. I'm excited about that. They treat me like gold. It's really cool. So yeah, lots going on, but I enjoy it all. That's where ADHD Amazing. comes and in gonna, handy. Before we get into, the, is that is that the telescope behind you? From when I came to visit, it is the telescope. <laughs> yeah, we still have it. They oh, didn't I love want it, it back. Awesome. There is a there is an Albuquerque Astronomy Society, and for thirty dollars a year, you can join. And so we borrowed a, a telescope, and they have not asked for it back. And we even called them and said, "Hey, is anybody else looking for one?" And they oh, said, awesome, "No, go man. ahead, keep it." Nice, very cool. Yep. Anyway, okay. So my first question up. My first question up. You as an artist yourself. Um, I mean, you you've devoted your life to making art and expressing yourself in an artistic way. What function do you see art serving in your life and in the world at large? Wow, I mean, yeah, I mean, but you've already even touched on it. So one of it, one of them is, is absolutely the therapy aspect. You know, I think you, you said that, you know, hey, what they don't know is that I go into an acting job and I'm actually, you know, at a psycho, you know, laying down on a psychologist chair. Well, in the same way, I don't think that I would be as... Uh, normal, <laughs> quote unquote, uh, or as, as sane if I didn't have that outlet of music because it's just kind of, you know, I can get out every emotion or feeling. So for me, it's almost like a, ne- a necessity. Like I have to do it. It's like breathing or eating. It's making, it's creating. It's the creation, the, the creation process of it um, kind of keeps me sane. Uh, beyond that, how, what do I think music has? Music has an incredibly massive role. Um, I think it's society. It can do everything from um, uh, shape laws to uh, fight racism to, uh, you know, help in, in many different avenues of life, you know, from, you know, I've, I've even seen 
documentaries about Alzheimer's and music and how music is such a part of the cognitive brain. It's such a part of ingrained in your neurons um, so that a person who's readily like, uh, you know, has Alzheimer's and then you play them the music that they grew up on and they start singing along. You know, you can find many, many different videos like that online. So I think that music serves a, a massive purpose uh, in society. I'm going to quote it horribly wrong, but I'll paraphrase. There was once a, uh, a philosopher, and he said, you can create the laws, but let me create the music, and I will have the hearts and minds of the young. And I thought that was incredible. Wow, I was like, I've wow, heard that one that's, that's true. It's true. It's so true. It's like, you know, if you, you, you know, you're, you could, you know, you could have like, you know, the most communism or fascism or whatever the case might be. But then, you know, that doesn't mean that, you know, that may sway for a time. But I would say that greater than your last political speech up there after, you know, being your dictator for how long, um, after, you know, you can make the most profound speech. But if you just give me the music, let me write the words. I, I know that I can, uh, that, that you can sway a society. That's an incredible power. That's sounds like in a in a lot of ways oh I, yeah i don't think it's one person i think it's you know culture dictates music and music di dictates culture i think it's you know they they scratch each other's back and um you know I, I don't think you know but 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 if you look at like most influential people uh you know i would i would presume there would be you know musicians right alongside of politicians you know or or you know, religious figures. So it's it's a it's a very powerful voice force, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so when you write a song, have you ever, ever written a song? I mean, I'm sure you've written songs with the desire to to move people and move you know like or move an individual. Maybe maybe you were like interested in somebody at the time, or like my sister or something. And you were like, I'm gonna write this song. It's gonna make her whoa. <laughs> Uh, do yep. you write with that in mind, or is it more? Do you write in mind more of uh, the catharsis, like you were talking about earlier, the sense of uh, therapy? As a, like, do you write more for the the entertainer, or do you write more for the consumer? I think, well, absolutely, just. I, th I think both, but I mean, the, you know, the Bible says the overflow of the mouth, so the hearts, or so the overflow of the heart, so the mouth speaks. And I think in the same way, for me, it's just kind of like the overflow of my life experiences, so my hand puts to paper. You know, it's 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 all about um, being able to, you know, I, for more than a pop sensibility, more than trying to like write a catchy chorus that everybody will sing along to, I rather write experiential so that people can kind of grab hold and be and relate i would much rather relatability than i okay. would a, a pop chorus because because for me pop you know like there are some great pop writers out there there's some great pop musicians but but at, at a stage in life that kind of becomes i don't want to say mundane it becomes useless in your life you know at the age of like 29 i hope your theme song is not about club it's a you know what I'm saying? at age 40 i hope <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely, I, hope, I bet it was. I bet it was. Love my cash. Um, but it's just kind of like, you know, like for stages of life. So I would rather write timeless music than kind of time specific. That's why I was very hesitant to ever, ever write about anything like time sensitive. I remember writing um, a lyric and it said, I wish I could break every clock so the hands of time w could never move again so we could stay in this moment. Uh, but but the, the fact of the I hated writing that line because it talked about clocks. I was like, 
man, I mean, my kid's kids is not going to know what a wall hand on a, you know, clock on a wall is. Just the other day, I was at, I was at our local kind of like Whole Foods here. And Nico's pushing my phone near the cash register to pay. And I was like, how crazy is that? Like, what? we're living in the freaking future. My daughter wants my phone to pay because, right, you know, yeah. like you can do with Apple Pay. You can pay now. In the same way, like the music that is so much like what's happening in the surroundings, what's giving you, you know, like, you know, if you talk about computers or technology or call my cell phone, dude, that's that may be obsolete in 30, 40 years. So rewinding that, going back to our beginning of this conversation, Basically, it, it comes down to I, w- I would much rather write timeless and, and kind of um, uh, introspective music than, uh, than, than pop cool. for consumerism. Um, so when you come up with music, and I, and I love this question. I think this is, this, to me, the, this question is, I didn't get into, I didn't get into like uh, uh, being an artist with this in mind as a possibility because when I grew up, I didn't even... I wasn't even aware of this concept in a lot of ways, but the idea of the muse, this 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 thing that moves mm. and flows from sort of the other dimensions of creativity and your imagination or um, God or whatever, it flows in and fills you with this inspiration, and you you are you have to write you. It is it is you know it has been decided. Um, have you developed a relationship with that thing, that muse? Uh, and is that something that you fold into everything that you create? I mean, if I had a hold of a muse, like if I had a consistent muse, I mean, I would be a multi-billionaire because I would have, have tapped into some type of creative outlet. I, I, th- I do think it's much like... Um, the um, like a muscle where the more you work it, the more that she'll show up. Um, you know, the more that you practice and you really concentrate on your creativity, the more hours you put in. Um, Malcolm Gladwell once said that it was ten thousand hours that makes you a professional. Now that I, I, I can see that for stuff like being an orator or maybe an author, um, but but in 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 your and I my. Uh, outlet. It's not that easy because we can't conjure creativity. I will, you know, I would. You can't just say, you "Hey, one, inspiration." <laughs> That's you know, but that okay. But well, then okay, here, give please. me you know, but here, indulge me in this. So you sit down with your two friends. Have you never? Has there not been a night where you guys are three kind of staring blankly at the wall and trying everything you can, jumping up and down? Uh, hang on, let's let's try to figure this out. Uh, well, what do you think about this? And it just feels like a standstill. And then other nights, you three are just flowing, and you're like, "Crap, it's three in the morning. I didn't even know." Because I mean, I'm not saying that you couldn't force something to happen. I'm not saying you can't like you know you know you can't like. Um, uh, work, you know, work an extra five hours beyond what you were supposed to, and you wouldn't come up with something. I'm just saying, at moments, it feels like it is just a, a like you've got it, you know it. Like some of my best songs yeah. were written in under 20 minutes. You know, some some of the some of the worst songs I spent. You know, I remember there was a song that was supposed to be on one of our records that Neil Avron, my <laughs> producer, made me rewrite 17 times, and it's still. It made the record, but it's the worst piece of crap. I hate it. It's like one of my least favorite favorite songs. It's called, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter what it's called because people will be like, no way. That's right. Not. But it's just, it was not one of my favorites. But I had to write, re, rewrite the entire, all the lyrics 17 times. And still I was upset with it. You know, so it's just kind of like it ebbs and flows creativity. And yes, you can, you, you know, there's, 
there's there's ways that you can cultivate it better, like working, you know, like reading poetry if you're trying to write poetry, um, you know, uh, songwriting and learning new chords if so you're trying to put like a new Faustian melody line down. I, I think there's the Faustian, you know, Faust. You know, I don't know what that, that is. That story. Well, you call yes, Mistopheles but I don't know what his like, approach you know, would be. Mistopheles to come show up and give you some creativity. There you go. <laughs> see, the, see? The, and the, it's endless. The is all I'm saying. The uh, the approach. Absolutely, it's true. What was the, what's the most creative thing that you've done uh, in creating a song or writing a song? Like, what's what's your what's like one of your highlight stories? I think it back with all your albums. Yeah, I think I think some one of my one of the moments where it kind of all clicked was. Um, I had I had just come up with a complete I would you know not even just a writer's block it was more just like a writer's shunning of whatever your <laughs> your you know your Faustian muse guy thing but um I was just done and I kind of just ran away I went to New Orleans and I just walked that's all I did I just walked around and I remember I was near Frenchman Street and I looked down at kind of like cracks in the cement and for whatever reason i kind of felt like you know if i'm gonna make it back to my hotel i should probably remember some things around here because i just i'm walking aimlessly i'm trying to just like cultivate thoughts and so in my the first my first thought was like well i'll just retrace my steps and so then i started to hum a line retrace the steps retrace the steps you took when we met you know and and then from there came the song retrace i'm not saying that you know hey that was the most creative moment of my life i'm saying you know when all else fails when you kind of like when when i felt like i was just you know at at wits end with this with with songwriting I just re-examined my approach. I just took, you know, I, I just took a different path home. I just took, I got myself out of where my usual writing norms and I ran away to New Orleans and, and, and I cultivated kind of a new outlook. Hence, whenever I kind of got stuck on a project, I just got up from where I was and just left. I picked up my stuff and you just walk out the door and you go find some place new to write. Look at life from a different aspect. You know, I always tell people like songwriting is kind of like looking at a lamp. You know, everybody has seen a lamp. Everybody know how, knows how that if you plug it in and you turn a light bulb, put a light bulb in and it works properly, it's going to function. There's been a 10,000 songs about lamp. Okay, but if you kind of take your approach, you put it on the ground, you stand on a chair and you look down at it, you unplug it, you put your finger in the light socket, you put your finger where the light bulb's supposed to be, you, you re-examine it. I mean, you got to think that the Beatles wrote the majority of songs that you could write about love, about the experience, about holding hands, about life, about love, about mutual relationships. So if that's the case, if, if you, you know, then, then we all the rest of us would just be screwed because they have a monopoly on love songs and obviously tons of other bands. But if you lay down the song, if you lay down love, if you figure it out, if you look at it from a different angle, you approach it differently. I mean, music is endless. So you know that's yeah that's kind of where uh, you know creative outlet is and kind of sum summarizing what we just talked about is you know sometimes. Inspiration and creativity is so fluid, so quick, so easy. 20 minutes, the song's done. And then there's other times where you just have to run away from yourself and, uh, and find it again. Nice. What do you got for me? What question do you got coming this way from your podcast? 
to my podcast so I can answer your podcast. What is the meaning of life? No, I'm just kidding. Um, it, it literally that you're 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 it, it literally cut out when you said it's like what oh, is the meaning of what is life? the meaning of and you, you'll never know. I guess you'll just have to tune into my podcast. Uh, to meaning, of life, out, meaning of what? Uh, no, but honestly, like, how do you? Um, how do you? In what ways do you challenge yourself to kind of cultivate your craft? Like, let's say there's somebody out there and they're like, "Man, I want to be a, I want to be an actor. I want to move to LA. I want to do it." In what ways can they develop themselves to uh, to to have a career in, in LA? Well, the way that I look at it, well, okay, well, there, there's there's a couple different. Have a career in LA or have a career as an actor is one thing, but I think I'm more interested in the great being the best artist that you can be, and and that's success. You know, like success is the true moment. Uh, I heard that once. I was I was um, I was in Miami. I was doing a shoot for Abercrombie and Fitch, and you have like the quarterly calendar, or whatever thing that goes out. Yeah. Like, yeah, so like I was in that. Oh, thing. I subscribe, man. I'm on it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. My my hoodies opened a little bit. You know, <laughs> very, very, very sassy. Uh, anyway, I'm with this. There was this girl. Her name was Michelle Ross, and she was uh, she's a violinist, a very, very talented violinist, and she was also featured in this magazine. Um, and so we were out one night. We were walking around. Um, she was at she was at Juilliard, and somehow. Um, the photographer had like met her through such and such different avenues and had invited her to come be a part of the shoot. And so we were walking around and I was in, you know, I was final destination had just come out. It was like mid 2010, I think. Um, and I asked her, I was like, well, I know what success looks like in my industry. Like, like it's very, it's very clear to see who's doing really well at this. And you, know, you can see that. What does it look like in yours like i am not familiar with your world enough to have an understanding of what success is uh for your for your way of expressing yourself and and mind you at this time when i asked the question like i didn't i wasn't thinking with the same value system as i am now but she looked at me and it was very sincere and a little drunk and she said she said she said success to me is playing a note a little bit more purely like more exactly what that note is that that specific inspired tone not deviating at all from it, like exactly on the on the on the nose on the nose nose. You know, it floored me. I remember feeling that for for at least two or three years, going like, I don't think that way about art. I don't think that way about acting, and I'm I'm fascinated by that. That was really beautiful. Um, so for me, that became like that was one of those moments. It became a focal point. You know, it became like that's that's kind of what I'm more interested in. That it seems more fulfilling. Um, so I I think the the best way to to be a great actor is, you know, you, you certainly find out about those parts of yourself and learn how to communicate from your heart and, you know, breathing into every moment, like not avoiding anything, like really sitting there and being with whatever is going on um, and, and getting in touch with the stillness, all that stuff. But I think the, like, and that's its own personal journey into the dark. Like there's no way of explaining that to, that's, that's you, that you do that on your own. Um, but I think the best way to do it, honestly, is to be a student of life. Like, learn as much as you can. Whatever interests you, like, fully exhaust that desire to, to learn. Like, right now, uh, I'm, Christy and I are taking salsa classes. So, I'm, like, in, a, like, an hour or so, I'm going to be going and, like, taking my third salsa class. And it's the cutest thing in the world. Like, like my first partner was, like, <laughs> like awesome. my first partner of the day was, like, an 11-year-old kid. And so, me and Sophie were dancing around, like, doing the salsa. And then you, like, dance for a couple yeah. steps, and then you go to the left. And that's the next person is. And so, you, like, go in this line, you meet all these people. Um... But, you know, it's like one of my teachers suggested that because that's a, there's, um, 
there's no better way to get down into your most creative region in your body, which is your pelvis. That is your, that's where you create from. It's, it's, you create from, I mean, you have babies come out of there. Creativity flows from that region. Uh, so the more that you can open up the hips and breathe into the hips and getting down into, into that area, uh, it's, it is, there's something dangerous about it. There's something, there's something seductive about it. There's something that's, um, alluring in that, uh, in that movement. And there's a freedom that comes from that. Uh, I'm also taking like Jeet Kune Do. I just started doing that, which is, uh, Bruce Lee's martial art form that he created. Uh, and, and it's, you know, it's, they actually ask the question of why are you doing this? You know, like what what is what goals do you want to get out of joining martial arts uh, or getting back into it? And and my thought was, well, it's about integrating the mind and the body. You know, having your movement and your thought, your feeling and your thinking be integrated, having a sense of centeredness through all of it. Um, so whatever avenue that you can figure out, if you're an aspiring artist, to get to that point. Um, and it takes, it's, it, it's all, I think it's individual in a lot of ways. Um, like it's what, whatever works for you. You know, I, I'm reading this book right now. Um, you ever heard of a guy named Carlos Castaneda? Uh, no, I, think I have really not. really like this book actually. It's, um, it's called, uh, it's called the teachings of Don Juan. And, uh, it's about this guy who's an Indian, uh, a Mexican Indian who's like a medicine man. And this guy who's an anthropology major at, at UCLA um, ends up like hooking up with him because he wants to learn about peyote, and so so this is his way to like teach him about it. And he ends up it, it, like he he has like a series of books um, about this whole thing. But one of the things that Don Juan says, he goes, he goes, uh, that's the coolest thing. He goes, he goes, my benefactor, like his teacher, my benefactor taught me to ask this question. And he goes, when I was a kid, I I never would ask the question. Uh, properly or I never really paid attention to it because my blood was too hot like I had too much desire in my blood to like listen to this question um, and he goes but I'm telling I'm telling you like this is the way to approach it he goes he goes all paths lead to nowhere like all paths they don't ever you don't ever find a destination the question to ask is does this path have heart or does it not and if it has heart then it's one to follow if it doesn't have heart then you know you can get rid of it so if like you could find heart in like learning how to like color or paint watercolor and you can somehow bring that into making a, a richer song um as a musician or you know if you could find a way to use karate to like be a better painter um that's what i think is really cool about about art is you get to use things that are not necessarily connected and if you can see how they bridge together um you can really become an individual uh a, a truth teller in your creativity and that's what's cool to me about it um I was giving advice to anybody to start out it's follow your own path by making your own path that's good that's Thanks, really bro. good yeah bro literally that's funny <laughs> um well thanks bobby thanks for your time i really appreciate it and um yeah thanks for being on the art collective Thank you so much for joining me on the Art Collective. I really appreciate when you guys go and subscribe because it, it just, to be honest, it keeps me motivated. It keeps me like, okay, people are interesting. People are downloading the podcast. That's really cool. So if you like great interviews, if you like to get your questions answered, if you have any suggestions or comments, you know, go to call, call me. Leave me a voicemail, 615-669-9414. I'll answer your questions. But like I said, when you go and subscribe on iTunes, 
man, that's that keeps me motivated. So this week's episode was sponsored by Indian Motorcycles because, hey, I don't own one. So maybe if I just keep plugging them long enough, they'll give me one. So <laughs> who knows? Anyway, I'll see you guys next time on The Art Collective with Stephen Christian. See you then. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.